We'll read verse 8 to 18. Judges chapter 13, verse 8 to 18. Now this, as I said, just for the sake of the children, um, the birth of Samson announced. His father's name was Manoah. And first of all, the angel appeared to uh, the mother, and then she told her husband about it. And then we read uh, from verse 8. Then Manoah prayed to the Lord, O God, I beg you, let the man of God you sent to us come again to teach us how to bring up the boy who is to be born. God heard Manoah, and the angel of God came again to the woman while she was out in the field. But her husband Manoah was not with her. The woman hurried to tell her husband, He's here, the man who appeared to me the other day. Manoah got up and followed his wife. When he came to the man, he said, Are you the one who talked to my wife? I am, he said. So Manoah asked him, When your words are fulfilled, what is to be the rule for the boy's life and work? The angel of the Lord answered, Your wife must do all that I have told her. She must not eat anything that comes from the grapevine, nor drink any wine or other fermented drink, nor eat anything unclean. She must do everything I have commanded her. Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, Would you like to stay until we prepare a young goat for you? The angel of the Lord replied, even though you detain me, I will not eat any of your food. But if you prepare a burnt offering, offer it to the Lord. Manoah did not realize that it was the angel of the Lord. Then Manoah inquired of the angel of the Lord, What is your name? So that we may honor you when your word comes true. He replied, Why do you ask my name? It is beyond understanding. Now, let's turn to the New Testament to read from Luke chapter 1. We're going to read verse 46 to 56. Luke chapter 1, verse 46 to 56. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. For now on all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is His name. His mercy extends to those who fear Him from generation to generation. 
He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud and in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from the thrones and has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things but sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, even as he said to our fathers. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of these words. His name be glorified. I want to bring to you the word of God this morning under the heading... Jesus Christ and Samson. And then as a sub-heading, Christ is wonderful. Jesus Christ and Samson, Christ is wonderful. And mainly then, our sermon will be from Judges chapter 13. I would encourage you to read the rest of uh, the story of Samson as you find it in verse in chapters 13, 14, 15 and 16 of, of Judges. The title of our sermon, as I said, is Christ and Samson. One might ask, chronologi- chronologically speaking, should we not say Samson and Christ? point is, do we not read about Samson first in the Bible and then about Jesus Christ? There is indeed a period of thousands of years between the announcement of the birth of Samson and the announcement of the birth of our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. But we will never understand the inclusion of the story of Samson in God's unfolding revelation of his redemption if we don't see it in the light of the eternal grace of God in Jesus Christ. Taken on its own, the story of Samson is somewhat of a dark story. Although a Nazarite from his birth, even before his birth, although dedicated to the service of God, his life in more than one sense was a complete opposite of what it meant to be. He was known as a person with bad temper and lesser moral values. He rejected the advice of his parents and acted against it. He knew the insides of the Palestine brothels and married a Philistine wife and did wrong in the eyes of God. But this man born in the dark hour of the life of Israel, was a type of Christ who would come to bring eternal and final salvation to his people. He announced the, uh, the announcement of his birth at the time of his, and the time of his ministry were shadows of the life and the ministry of our Lord. But most importantly, Samson existed because of Christ. Jesus was before him, just like he was before Abraham and John the Baptist. Because Jesus is eternal. 
The birth of Samson was announced by the one whose name is wonderful. If you would look at uh, verse 6 of uh, chapter 13 of Judges, it says, Then the woman went to her husband and told him, A man of God came to me. He looked like an angel of God. Very awesome. It's beyond understanding. His name is marvelous, beyond tracing. Wonderful. The story of Samson is in more than one sense a wonderful story. He kills a lion. I mean, the children know very well about Samson. He kills a lion. He kills 300 foxes. Uh, he, caught, he caught 300 foxes and, and he tied their tails together. I mean, if ever there was something that I would, would have loved to see on a video, this would be this. And then he sent them, he sent them with torches into the, to the, the, the wheat fields of the, of the Philistines. Uh, not only that, he, uh, he killed a thousand men with a jawbone of a donkey. Uh, that would have been something to see. He couldn't be tied down with the best of ropes. And he destroyed the temple of the Philistines with one mighty act of power. He was indeed a very interesting and a wonderful person. His story was a wonderful story, but a story with more sad moments than good ones. The shadow of Jesus Christ rested upon this extraordinary man, and where he failed so miserably, the Savior succeeds eternally with the power and might indescribable and inexpressible. Therefore we can say, glory to the king of Bethlehem, who would make a spectacle of the devil on the cross of victory. When we look at Christ and the birth of Samson, we see that chapter 13, the first uh, verse actually sets the tone, telling us, more about the appalling spiritual temperature of God's people in the time of Samson. It says, Again the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, so the Lord delivered them into the hands of the Philistines for 40 years. That is about a generation, maybe two. That sets the temperature for us. People turned against God, and they were in the hands of the Philistines, who would plunder them, who would terrorize them, and th there was just no such a thing as the people of the Lord being free in the land that the God had promised to them. Why? Because God's covenant and the covenant blessings turned into covenant curse for the people because of their rebellion. Now, Samson and the Passover of Christ, there was no deliverance from the enemy anymore. God remained, though, faithful to his covenant of grace, and he sent a deliverer, Samson. Unfortunately, we lost a segment here due to technical problems. My apologies. These little settlements, I've passed, I passed how many of these little churches? Beautifully built, still strong, still standing, but there's a barbed wire around them. And on the back you might find the gravestone of someone who died a hundred years ago.
The doors are locked. Nothing going on. That was more or less the story of the church in the time of Samson. Samson was called to rescue a church in the grip of death. The marriage of his parents was synonymous with the state of his church. God did, not, God did the impossible to give a childless couple a child when everyone, even themselves, gave up all hope. Out of the barren womb of the mother of Samson would be born a man, the rescuer of his people. And Jesus Christ was the one sent by God to make he, this the eternal reality, not only for 40 years until the people once again rebelled, in the fullness of time, the angel announced the birth of our Lord. He is God. His name is Jesus. He is the Savior of the world. The difference between him and Samson is this. Jesus is the Savior from all eternity to all eternity. His Father is God himself who bound himself to the promise of his covenant and Jesus would rescue a church for himself, by giving himself for it. When we look at the life of Samson in this light, he then becomes more than just a superhero who was capable of clearing his enemy in this way, in his way. He is more than just the giant of a man who with great strength pulled the pillars of the temple upon those who worship there to kill the gods who were already dead, too, by the way. But Jesus is far, far more than that. Samson is actually the shadow of Jesus who would come to give us far more and far more eternal work than Samson could ever do. Unlike our Savior, the hero of our story, Samson needed salvation himself was a sinful person. He needed forgiveness of sin. His salvation was only possible because of Jesus Christ who would purchase his salvation and righteousness. In the blood of the Savior born on Christmas Day, his sins would be washed away so that his name could be entered into the list of the heroes of faith of whom is written that it says there in Hebrews chapter 11, 32, 33, Through faith they conquered kingdoms that administered justice and gained what was promised. In that sense then, yes, Samson introduced us into something, but it was just not that. It fell on a heap. Samson then became the tragic figure who died with the enemy. But Jesus Christ is the eternal victor who would not die with the people, but died for the people and rose again. The father of Samson, Manoah, after hearing the good news of the birth of Samson, his Nazarite son immediately prepared a sacrifice for the Lord. He took a goat and grain and sacrificed it on the rock. The angel of the Lord had advised Manoah just a few verses back, even though you detain me, I will not 
eat any of your food. But if you prepare a burnt offering, offer it to the Lord. Manoah then in the first instance probably thought of a fellowship offering. And a fellowship offering in the Old Testament was something that you would take a portion of what you offered and that would go for the Lord and the rest of it would go to enjoy with the people that you uh, gathered with to thank God for his goodness and his mercies. But that was not that. In the end it became a burnt offering. It was usually sacrificed for sin. Nothing would be eaten. The whole animal would be burned to ashes to symbolize that a complete life was given to attain forgiveness. This is what the angel of the Lord said to Manoah. That's what he should do. And that's what he did. And then this amazing thing happened. We read about that in verse 20. As the flame blazed up from the altar toward heaven, the angel of the Lord ascended in the flame. Seeing this, Manoah and his wife fell on their faces to the ground. Then they realized this was just not an angel, it was God. And they feared for their life because they said they've seen God. But this angel of the Lord was no other than the a pre-incarnate person of Jesus Christ himself. Now that is, according to most of the theologians, saying that the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament is a manifestation of the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ, who then, in the fullness of time, came into this world. But it dawned unto the wife of Manoah that God accepted their sacrifice. He said, we will die because we have seen God. And then uh, uh, the wife said, no, if God wanted us to die, he would. We would die. But he accepted our sacrifice. Therefore, God has shown them mercy because of Samson and the promise of rescue to the people through his ministry. Samson himself would, would only be able to gain the grace of God because of the fact that God accepted the sacrifice of his son born on Christmas Day and killed on Good Friday to rescue his people out of eternal slavery into eternal salvation. And that is our message today. We may enter into the presence of God through Jesus Christ because He is more than Samson. He is our eternal Samson. God's chosen one sent to rescue His people from the slavery of sin. Samson's life was a shadow of the complete and eternal salvation of Jesus Christ. His salvation that he could bring to the people was incomplete, yet powerful. But in the life of Samson, nothing, nothing compared to Christ. And yet we see certain lines in the ministry of Samson that we could take right through to say Christ was more than that. My dear brother and sister, there's a story of... Uh, of an, an antelope in Africa, and I think that I might have used this uh, example before, but just for for uh, clarity, once again, uh, the antelope—it's a, a big—it's a big uh, 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 animal. Some call some call it the oryx, O R Y X. Uh, in our part of the world, we just call it a gemsbok. With his very sharp horns, 
he could defend himself. When attacked by an enemy, this antelope would use his horns very precisely to strike a deadly blow by piercing it into his enemy. Don't dare to come close toward one of these wounded ones. If, if, if it was wounded, just don't go close to it because he can use that as a sword. As a matter of fact, he can be very, very precise with it. Chances are that you will come second. A hunter described what he saw in the Kalahari Desert one day where these animals live. A lion tried to hunt this antelope but it was too quick for the lion. It swung around its horns and it pierced the ribcage of the lion, thrusting its horns right through his attacker. The lion was killed instantly. The oryx was in desperate trouble too. Its horns were thrust so completely into the carcass of his attacker that he couldn't pull it out. And so, in the hot sun of the Kalahari Desert, this Gemsbok died of thirst, still attached to its enemy. This was the death of Samson. He eventually had his victory of the enemy. And as such, he rescued the people from the Philistine oppression. But he died in the process too. But Jesus Christ, giving meaning to the ministry of Samson, was victorious. He came into this world as a savior. Out of his own accord, he gave away his life. To save the elect. He died on the cross. But not as a loser. He died as a savior. He rose again as victor over death and hell and Satan. Such is our savior born on Christmas day. And so he fulfilled the promises of the Old Testament. So he fulfilled the promises of God's covenant. Our message for Christmas is this. God saw his people walking in darkness and he gave us his only son. So that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Our Savior is indeed wonderful. His name is wonderful. His salvation is wonderful. His power and His majesty is wonderful. I trust that you are a child of God because you received Christ as your Savior and Redeemer. And that you are eternally saved. That is the story of Christmas. That's the message 
of Christmas. Let us pray. Our Lord and our Father, now we thank you for our Lord Jesus. We thank you for him being eternal Savior. We thank you, Father, that he died on the cross, not hopeless, not helpless, but he died as the king of the world. And he rose again. He rose again to be king over death. And we thank you, Lord, that we do not worship a savior, someone like Samson, who failed so miserably, yet called of God, who, who provided some form of redemption, but not complete. Our Savior is a complete Savior. Our Savior is indeed wonderful. We bow before you this morning, Lord, and we ask that you will accept our praises as we bow before the one whose name is wonderful. Amen.